Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Come on, boy, boy, can you get it up? Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In our next segment, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, it's headlines. Several teams could be changing hands as far as ownership is concerned. We'll tell you who those teams are, how much they might be sold for. That's coming up in our next segment, Headlines. In segment three, Major League Baseball playoffs underway. Lots of business around the Major League Baseball playoffs. Lots of TV coverage. And we will get to all of that business for Major League Baseball playoffs in segment three. In segment four, two of my favorite people. It was kind of like, this is your life. This week, I was the radio voice at Loyola Marymount from 1989 to 1991, and I had a chance to catch up with Paul Westhead, the coach of Loyola Marymount's men's basketball team during that time. He's now the coach of the University of Oregon women's team, only guy to ever win an NBA and a WNBA title. That conversation coming up in segment four. Also... I worked for the Portland Trailblazers for several years. While I was there, the person in charge of basketball operations, Jeff Petrie, now the president of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings, will bring you that conversation in segment four as well. A couple of other notes. Visit my sports business blog or download the Sports Business Radio podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. You'll find the link to our iTunes podcast as well on the homepage. You can be our Facebook friend or follow us on Twitter. Those links on the homepage of Sports Business Radio as well. Headlines coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. This is SBR. Back with more after this. Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training. Sports business curriculum taught by industry experts and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. 
It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio headlines brought to you by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit WarsawCenter.com for more information. Headline number one. Detroit Tigers and Detroit Red Wings owner Mike Illich submitted the highest bid for the Detroit Pistons. He secured an exclusive 30-day agreement to purchase the team and Palace Sports and Entertainment from Karen Davidson. She is the widow of the late Bill Davidson. This is according to sources cited by the Detroit News. Griggs, this is interesting on a number of different levels. First of all, Illich would become the only person in North America to own a Major League Baseball team, an NBA team, and an NHL team. The other place this gets interesting is right now there's been a lot of talk because Joe Lewis Arena is aging where the Detroit Red Wings play that Illich has wanted to build a downtown arena. Now if he gets the Pistons, he could put the Pistons and the Red Wings in that arena. The other thing this does is it threatens Mayor Dave Bing. Because what Illich can do if he gets control of the Pistons and the uh, sports entertainment complex that they play in in the suburbs right now, the Palace, is he can say, look, I'm going to move the Red Wings from downtown to the suburbs unless you play ball with me on a new arena. Now, the asking price is supposedly in excess of $400 million, closer to 475 for the Pistons. So this is a deal that's interesting on a number of different levels. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, I think moving it downtown to the middle of the city is a great move, and I think it's going to be great for Detroit and all the sporting events there. And, you know, concerts, everything else, too. It's going to be a great venue if they can do that. And also, owning three major league teams. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, that's big time. And Illich has been a good owner for the Red Wings and the Tigers, and there were a lot of people that were concerned about would the Pistons be moved out of Detroit? Would the Davidson family sell the team? And when Bill Davidson was sick and he was getting older, you know, they had some things set up so that when he did pass away, they had a, a short list of who they might sell the team to. Illich was on that list, and it looks like he's going to be the guy that emerges victorious. Again, he's got a 30-day window to negotiate exclusively with the Davidson family. We'll see how that turns out. Another big ownership situation. Liverpool's board of directors has agreed to sell the English Premier Club to New England Sports Ventures. This is basically the ownership group of the Boston Red Sox. Now, where this gets interesting is Tom Hicks and George Gillette. They've had a turbulent three-year ownership. They don't want to sell to the Red Sox ownership group, and they're valuing Liverpool at $950 million. And supposedly, Liverpool has a debt of $353 million, and the Red Sox group, New England Sports Ventures, is only offering $477 million. In a nutshell, this is going to wind up in court before it's all said and done. Could be in court very, very soon, and it's going to be a legal mess. But again, the Liverpool Board of Directors do want this sale to go through, and they want it to get done with the owners of the Red Sox. You think about Liverpool, like the Red Sox, they're an amazing brand. 
Think about what the merchandise sales would be. And this would be another huge feather in the cap of Red Sox ownership, who kind of snuck in in the dark of the night to buy the Red Sox a few years ago. That's kind of what they're doing here with Liverpool. Yeah, I think it's only good for Liverpool. I mean, you see what they've done with the Red Sox and the marketing, and everybody in the world has a Red Sox hat. I mean, it's it's only going to be good for Liverpool if they can get through the courts, like you say, and make it happen, because it could get messy before it gets good. Well, and Mr. Gillette and Mr. Hicks, you've got debts of $453 million. Don't forget Tom Hicks owned the Rangers, too. He's the guy who paid A-Rod $252 million when there was no one within $100 million of that bid. I think that Tom Hicks should be banned from buying any sports teams in the future. This guy's one of the worst business people that we've seen, at least when it comes to dealings in the sports world. Our next headline, CAA, an enormous agency, and they've gotten into the sports market in the last four years. They represent the likes of Derek Jeter, of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, many, many athletes. Well, on Friday, they announced that TPG Capital has invested an undeclosed sum for a non-controlling 35% interest in the agency. The two have formed a strategic partnership, CAA and TPG have committed to create a $500 million pledge fund, providing access to capital for future investments. What does this mean? It basically means that CAA is going to become even more powerful because they've got more money behind them now with TPG behind them. And, you know, action sports star Sean White is on their roster. They're going out and snatching up many of the biggest names. And because they represent Hollywood actors and movie stars and TV stars, they're giving these athletes platforms to promote their off-the-field and off-the-court interests. And, you know, that's going to... Uh, really impact what we're seeing on TV and in the entertainment world from these athletes. It's kind of like the McDonald's of of you know representation. I mean, those guys are they're getting into everywhere. I mean, everywhere you go, you're gonna oh yeah yeah I know them I know them or yeah I know a friend on that. I mean, it's just they're just eating it up and why not? I mean, people are flocking to them. Yeah, and when you have athletes who you know are making the money off the contracts that they're making, you know, typical agency fees are anywhere from four to ten percent. And when you're bringing in um, endorsement deals and things like that, it goes up to 15 to 20 percent. So imagine the kinds of money that CAA is generating with these marquee athletes in their stable. Our next headline, I thought this was really interesting. We've talked a lot about the Holy Trinity, the Super Friends, the new Miami Heat with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. Well, ESPN, and this is according to the Sports Business Journal and our friend John Aurand, they plan to launch a section on their website next week that's going to be dedicated to all things Miami Heat. The Heat Index is going to launch October 11th on ESPN.com in the NBA section with daily columns, videos, news, all that kind of stuff from this NBA team. They've gone out and hired... Our friend Brian Windhorst from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, who was on with us a few weeks ago and talked about LeBron James. They took former Miami Heat beat writer Michael Wallace. They've got several other people. They're going to have a daily forecast called the Chase for 72 that's going to compute how many games the team needs to win to match the Bulls record is 72 wins. It's also going to have an automated module that tracks LeBron James's progress towards averaging a triple-double. They're also going to collect all the tweets from the Heat players. So if you want to know about everything Miami Heat, and it just shows you how big this team has become, 
and how much coverage they're generating, ESPN.com basically devoting an entire page on their NBA page to the Miami Heat. Yeah, I think the Heat are basically going to be the epicenter of NBA. You know, I mean, Kobe is right there and has been in the past, but I think Miami, it's it's where you're going to you're going to see ESPN hitting it all the time. They're probably going to be, you know, broadcasting any chance they can from Miami because there's just so much star-studded power in that team right now. Our last headline of the week, you know, we talk about jersey sales on this show all the time. Who has the top-selling jerseys? We've told you that Tim Tebow to date top-selling jersey in the NFL. Well, we might have a change. Randy Moss has been traded from the New England Patriots back to the Minnesota Vikings. And here's what I'm interested in, Griggs. There were a lot of people that may still have their Randy Moss number 84 Minnesota Vikings jersey. Well, are they going to bring those back out or are we going to see a whole slew of people going out and buying Minnesota Vikings jerseys number 84, Randy Moss? The other thing is this trade has been a dream of Randy Moss's and of Brett Favre's for a long time. These guys have wanted to play with each other for a long, long time. Moss fell out of favor in New England, had some uh, reported run-ins with the coaching staff and Bill Belichick and company. They don't put up with that kind of action in New England, so they shipped him out promptly to Minnesota this week for a third-round pick, and Randy Moss is going to join the already star-studded Minnesota Vikings lineup starting this weekend. All right, coming up in our next segment, we're going to break down Major League Baseball playoffs on TV, attendance numbers from this past year, all kinds of business news around Major League Baseball this week. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. And it's because of you, the stupid things you do, the low ways that you treat me. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. We are back, and the Major League Baseball playoffs are underway, and we wanted to spend this segment talking about the business of Major League Baseball. First, let's start with looking back. This past season, Major League Baseball reports a total attendance of 73.06 million fans. That's down 0.4% from a year ago. It's the league's third consecutive annual decline after reaching an all-time attendance record of 79.5 million 
in 2007. The Yankees were again the top draw in the league with a home attendance number of 3.765 million fans. Griggs, you know, this is not a bad number considering that before the season, Bud Selig and many of the owners of Major League Baseball teams were very, very concerned that we were going to see sharp declines in attendance at Major League Baseball venues. I will say this, though. I'm not sure if I'm buying these numbers. These are numbers reported by Major League Baseball. If you give this the eyeball test, when I turned on games this year on TV, there were a lot of empty seats at these venues. And we did a show a few months ago in the first two months of the baseball season that talked about some of the sharp declines in attendance. I think this number may be lower than the 73.06 million fans that Major League Baseball's reporting. I remember Tampa Bay giving away tickets. You know, I mean, so, and, and like you're 20, saying. 20,000 tickets. Right. I mean, you've seen the empty stadiums other than the hot teams. It, look, it looks pretty empty out there in some of those. Well, and even like we said, Tampa Bay, here's a championship level team. Cincinnati, they had a hard time selling tickets. They're in the playoffs. So, you know, I'm not sure that I'm buying the, hey, rah, rah, we had great attendance numbers for Major League Baseball this year. And, you know, Bud Selig is a used car sales guy. So uh, why should we buy much of what he's selling anyways? All right. Let's talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs. First of all, Four teams that are low-payroll teams made it into the playoffs, and that's good if you're Major League Baseball because you don't always want the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, the teams that are spending the most amounts of money making the playoffs because that's bad for the teams that aren't spending as much money. So the Rangers rank 23rd in payroll. The Tampa Bay Rays rank 20th in payroll. The Reds rank 19th in payroll. The Braves rank 16th in payroll. And let's not forget about the Padres who second to last in payroll, and they were basically eliminated by the Giants on the second to last day of the season. So if they got in, that was going to be a remarkable story that the second lowest payroll in baseball would have gotten in to the playoffs. So that's good news if you're Major League Baseball because your low payroll teams are at least having a chance of making it to the playoffs. You know, at the beginning of the year, your Kansas Cities, your Oaklands, all those teams, they want to think that at least they have a fighter's chance to make the playoffs. And these four teams, Griggs, show that you do have a chance to make the playoffs even if you're not spending gobs of money like the Yankees. Well, I love it too as a fan. I mean, it's great watching teams in the playoffs that aren't the regulars, you know. I mean, Yankees in Boston, they're, they're there as well sometimes, but it's good seeing these teams, the littler teams, the smaller, you know, the, the rosters aren't as well known, and I think people can get to know the city better and get to know these teams better. I love it. Let's look at the playoffs. Uh, we've told you before that the ad inventory for playoff games on TBS and on Fox, they're hot. They're almost sold out. How much are ads selling for? Well, on Fox, sources say that Fox is asking between 400000 and 450000 for a 30-second World Series spot and up to $225,000 for the NLCS spots. Sources say that TBS is asking between eighty dollars and $90,000 per 30-second spot for its coverage of the Divisional Game Series and one hundred and twenty-five dollars to $150,000 for time during the ALCS coverage. Certainly not Super Bowl spot numbers where you're paying $3 million for a spot, Griggs. But uh, these are good numbers for Fox and TBS for Major League Baseball playoffs. Yeah, it's good numbers. It's, uh, I mean, it sounds weird saying it's affordable, but in the business, as you see with Super Bowl, you know, 450000 that's that's pretty cheap for, you know, uh, something that's going to get you nationwide coverage and even some worldwide coverage, too, probably. Now, TBS gave viewers of the Reds-Phillies NLDS Game 1 a great front row seat for Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Roy Halladay's no-hitter. And 
I watched that game. Phenomenal. First of all, I haven't seen too many performances that were better than what Halliday did the other night. I mean, he was dealing, and he didn't have a perfect game. But first of all, first pitcher since 1973 to throw two no-hitters in the same season. Last pitcher to do it was Nolan Ryan. First pitcher since 1956, Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series to throw a postseason no-no. And, you know, the thing I like, TBS used 19 cameras, 14 replay machines to show Halliday. And uh, I thought that they did a really nice job, especially allowing the moment to unfold after the game was over. Awesome. Loved it. Great game. Yeah, the, the tension was there. You could feel it. You're sitting there on your couch. You, you start rooting for these guys. When you get to the 8th and ninth inning, you're like, come on, come on, come on, you know. And uh, exciting. It was a great way to start it off. Now, TBS unveiled their broadcast team of Ernie Johnson, John Smoltz, and Ron Darling during the Yankees-Twins Game 1. Uh, I really like John Smoltz. Ernie Johnson was okay. Uh, he replaced Chip Carey. There were a lot of people that said Chip Carey was not very good last year. He was the worst part about TBS's coverage. You know, I didn't have a big problem with him. I guess I didn't have a huge problem with Ernie Johnson. Most of us know Ernie Johnson as the guy who's sitting next to Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith during the NBA studio show on TNT. But I really like Smoltz and Darling. You know, Smoltz is one of the best postseason pitchers ever as knowledgeable as they come, really well-spoken. And, you know, Darling has won a World Series with the Mets, and uh, he's a pretty well-spoken guy, too. So overall, you know, I, I thought their their coverage was pretty good. I agree. And, you know, especially for a you know, cable network like that, TBS, I think it's great. I, I like the insight from Darling and Schmoltz. They're both uh, players that have been there. Uh, like you said, they're well-spoken. They have good insight. And uh, I think it's going to be a great team for them. The other thing that's been really great about the playoffs so far, two things. Number one, Major League Baseball Network. If you don't get the Major League Baseball Network, you should get it. It's really, really solid. They provide terrific insight and analysis. You know, their studio team, I love Harold Reynolds. I think he does a really good job. Um, And they break down the game like nobody else. So MLB Network, having them around for the playoffs... I think has been really comprehensive. Yeah, I enjoy that. I have that uh, with my uh, provider, and it's been great. You know, you can flip over there and get some insight that you're not getting on the on the major networks and some behind the scenes type stuff, and also from teams you, that you don't see as much either. You can get some insight. So it's great. It's been a great channel for me. The other thing that I thought was funny is uh, going back to TBS for a moment, and we knew this was going to happen. Conan, debuting November eighth on TBS. They had the Conan blimp flying over Citizen Ballpark in Philadelphia. They kept going to the Conan blimp and reminding people that November 8th, Conan O'Brien was going to be debuting. Then we'd go to commercial break and we'd see Conan uh, dancing around to the song Pour Some Sugar On Me, I think by Def Leppard. It was pretty funny. But if you're watching the playoffs at TBS, you've been hit over the head with reminders that Conan debuting November 8th on TBS. I think you know they've obviously made good use of their uh, their audience to try and promote that show, Griggs. One thing they missed on the blimp though was Conan's hair. If they could do that hair flip thing somehow on a blimp, it was orange blimp. It, it was orange, yeah, but something <laughs> that, was, that was active when that moved would be hilarious. The last thing I'll say about Major League Baseball playoffs, and it may be the best, is MLB. Advanced media, Major League Baseball advanced media, they are so far out in front of anyone as far as bringing content to you digitally and through your mobile devices. And once again, you can watch the playoffs via your mobile device. I have an iPhone, and you can download the MLB AM app, and it's called At Bat. 
And it's really amazing how clear the video is and you're watching it in, in high definition on your mobile device. So if you're at work and you don't have a TV around and you want to watch Major League Baseball playoffs like you used to as a kid during the day, then here's the perfect reason for you to buy the MLB Advanced Media app at bat. So that's been really cool. All right, coming up in our next segment, Paul Westhead. The former coach at Loyola Marymount, I knew him because I was the radio voice of Loyola Marymount. He's now coaching at the University of Oregon women's basketball team. And Jeff Petrie, the president of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings. I worked with Jeff when he was in Portland and I was with the Blazers. Those conversations coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is NBA Commissioner David Stern. I thought you did a wonderful job of handling the game ball situation. You listened to your players and the owners, and ultimately I thought you got it right. What did you learn from that experience? It probably pays to go the extra step to build a consensus, even though you don't think there's any other view that makes sense. My guest is Jack Nicholas. What are the main lessons the game of golf can teach us if we pay close enough attention? You develop relationships with people. I think you play 18 holes of golf with somebody. You get to know them pretty well. We're joined by Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the BCS. What we want is for the best two teams to play in the championship game. Beyond that, I'm not sure it's really fair to say what's good for the BCS or what's, or what's bad for the BCS. Follow us at sportsbusinessradio.com and on Twitter at SB Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. I had a chance to catch up with two of my favorite people that I've ever worked with in the world of sports this week. First, the University of Oregon women's basketball coach, Paul Westhead. He's the only coach to ever win a WNBA and an NBA title. I got to know Coach Westhead when he was the head basketball coach at Loyola Marymount for the men's basketball team when I was the radio voice from 1989 to 1991. The other person I had a chance to catch up with was Jeff Petrie. I worked for the Blazers for six years, and when I was there, Jeff was in charge of basketball operations. Always great to catch up with Jeff Petrie. I'm very pleased to be joined on the phone right now by Paul Westhead. He's the head coach of the University of Oregon's women's basketball team. He's the only coach to ever win a title in the NBA and the WNBA, and he was darn close to winning one at Loyola Marymount. Coach Westhead, thanks for joining me. Hey, Brian, how are you? Nice talking to you. Good to talk to you. It was so great to see you in January at the 20-year reunion of the 1990-91 Loyola Marymount men's basketball team. You know, no matter what I've gone on to do since then, that is still one of the most special times in my life. You were the perfect coach for that team. Tell me about how you look back on that team today. Well, uh, Brian, it was was just a time in in my career that... uh, we just had a group of special guys that all kind of uh, kind of linked together. Uh, uh, they came, you know, from uh, mostly from the L.A. area, although we had, uh, you know, uh, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball from the Philadelphia area, and uh, it just uh, was a kind of a magical time. Uh, we uh, we were running and pressing, and, uh, and they bought into it, and it, it just turned out to be something really special. And what was it like getting together with all of them in January? I imagine it had been quite some time since you had seen some of them, especially people like Per Steamer, who now lives in Sweden. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, some of the fellows like Pear Steamer, as you mentioned, and uh, Terrell Lowry, who I hadn't seen, uh, gosh, probably since uh, uh, 1990, 1991. Uh, you know, they, they were all so happy and appreciative to be together because they had not seen each other. I, I can only say to you, we, we spent an evening uh, having a kind of a private dinner and, and telling stories about the team, and, and the stories get bigger and they get funnier. And <laughs> so... Uh, so it was a it was a great reunion. Uh, there were people who bonded together 20 years ago, and therefore they they felt real special being together again. ESPN, their 30 for 30 series, which is fantastic if you haven't seen it, they did a documentary on Coach Westhead, the Guru of Go. How involved were you in that? I mean, obviously we saw you in it, but uh, what did you think of the job they did with that documentary? I thought they did a, a, a very good job. They, uh, you know, they spent some time with me, uh, they, you know, interviewing, and uh, they came to my home, and you know, they actually came up to Eugene and uh, spent some time talking to me uh, up here in Oregon. And obviously, they, it wasn't just me. It was, you know, about our team. It was about our players. Uh, you know, so Tom Peabody had a significant role uh, in that thirty for thirty. Uh, the Gathers family had a significant role. So I, I thought they did a nice job blending, you know, uh, a coaching philosophy, uh, you know, my kind of fast break approach, and the team that, uh, you know, exhibited that uh, coaching style. So whenever LMU traveled, when you were coaching, the local media would say, hey, the circus is coming to down because all kinds of offensive records were going to break. Now you're down at the University of Oregon. Your team is scoring a lot of points, but do you ever sit down with Chip Kelly? Because the football team is, is shattering all kinds of marks. Well, Chip and I uh, are good friends. Uh, you know, we, we chat at times about, you know, sports, and, and, and he's, he's a real fan of basketball. I mean, he's, he's come to our practices. Uh, he frequents our games, uh, you know, during the winter. Uh, I haven't missed a home game in a year and a half now, so I, uh, I've become an incredible uh, college football fan, you know, uh, especially with the, with the Ducks. And uh, you're right, they, they play football, you know, kind of the way that I envision basketball, you know, no huddle, uh, speed, 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 wear the, other, wear the other team down, and hopefully in the second half you're, you're going to crack them and, so far, Chip Kelly, uh, he's the best fast-break coach I've seen in a long time. <laughs> fast-break football. Uh, the other thing, too, is you guys both have well-conditioned athletes. Do you ever get together and compare notes on conditioning? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we have similar, you know, strength and fitness people who, you know, uh, help football and basketball. So uh, we, we kind of cross in, in that world. Uh, they're, they're folks uh, who help them, uh, you know, are from the same group of uh, coaches, uh, strength coaches who, who work with our women. So, you know, the philosophy of, of being quick, fast, strong, uh, you know, emanates uh, throughout the whole program here. So, but no, we, we haven't, we don't share like, well, what kind of sprints do you like versus uh, what kind of, uh, you know, defensive slides do they like? But I, I just marvel at what the football team does. They're so... They're so uh, and they're so together. I mean, they're, they're, they're a tribute to watch. Joined by Paul Westhead. He's the head coach of the University of Oregon women's basketball team. He's the only coach to ever win a title in the NBA and the WNBA. Coach Westhead and I got to know each other when I was doing the radio for Loyola Marymount, and he was coaching the team. It's a great chance for me to have him back on. Coach, when you left Loyola Marymount, you went to the Denver Nuggets. You tried implementing the system, and... 
I think what you found is it's really hard to get pro athletes to go at that frantic pace for 82 games. Do you think, you know, the, the athletes are so well conditioned today. Do you think if you were back in the NBA today that that might work? Or do you think it's just too hard to get pro athletes to try and do that for 82 games? Well, Brian, you know, I, I think it's hard to get pro athletes. But I, be honest, I think it's hard to get anybody to do this. Uh, you know, high school, college, professional men, women. I mean, um, the history of my coaching is that there are times that I find a group of young men or young women who, you know, just embrace it and then, then we just really go with it. And there are times that, you know, uh, it's, it's just, uh, you know, okay. So it's not an easy thing. Uh, you know, I had it with the, the guys from Loyola Marymount. I, I had it uh, in the WNBA with Diana Taurasi and that team uh, with the Phoenix Mercury. They were spectacular with the running game. And uh, the women uh, here at Oregon are embracing it. So uh, we're perhaps the next team that's going to show that fast break really works. But the pros are no different than any of the players. It's very difficult to do. So you've really got to recruit a certain type of player to come play for you now, someone that buys into it. I mean, I know Hank and Bo really wanted to play that style of basketball. But when you're out recruiting kids now, I imagine that's one of the first things in the conversation. You're going to be running a lot. They either want to run, and, and therefore that's why they decide to come, or they, you know, they'd rather play slower, so they kind of, you know, shine you off and go in, in another direction. But any player who comes, when they finally see the practices and actually become involved, they then realize it's a lot faster than they ever thought. Uh, it's interesting. Going back to Hank and Bo, I remember when I talked to them when they were deciding to come. We showed them a film of the game, and they thought we made it up. They said, "No, nobody plays." <laughs> But uh, when they arrived and they started doing it, uh, they even picked it up faster than what we had been doing. Yeah, I remember that 181-point game from uh, Loyola Marymount. Last question before I let you go. You know, when you were at Loyola Marymount, you taught Shakespeare. You really liked being on a college campus. Uh, how do you like being back on a college campus at the University of Oregon? And are you teaching? I'm not teaching a class, Brian, but, uh, you know, I, this is the first time I've been, you know, on a college campus in a college town. Uh, and it's really a special experience for me. Uh, I've always been in large metropolitan areas like L.A., Chicago, Denver. And now uh, in Eugene, like uh, sports, uh, like obviously football right now, uh, it vibrates. It's, it's alive. It's in the air. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about being on the college campus here in Eugene. Coach Westhead, always great to catch up with you. Best of luck with the uh, women's season upcoming, and uh, let's catch up again soon. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And here's my conversation with Jeff Petrie, the president of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings. I'm joined on the phone by the man that I think is one of the brightest basketball minds in all of the NBA. He's been doing it for a long time. Jeff Petrie, the president of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings. Jeff, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Well, I'm doing, doing well. It's always an exciting time of year when you start, start fall camp and uh, start to get ready for the regular season. So uh, you know, I think everybody's in the same boat. You're, you know, you're looking to see what, what you have and how it's all going to work out. And, uh, and go from there. You've got some pretty good building blocks. Tyreek Evans, the reigning rookie of the year, phenomenal season last year. I really like DeMarcus Cousins, and I want to get your thoughts on him in a moment. you got Samuel Dallenbear from Philadelphia. I like some of the things you did this offseason to shape your roster. It looks like you guys are going to be big and rugged. You've got some big bodies. Talk about your team for a moment, if you would. Well, I, I think that we're going to be better uh, up front. I think our, our front court is, is deeper and bigger, longer, 
more skillful than the, the one we went into last season with. Um, we haven't had everybody healthy yet so far this year, but uh, I think with with uh, Dallin Bear and, and Jason Thompson and Carl Landry and Cousins, and uh, we drafted an, another uh, long player in the second round in Hassan Whiteside, and, and, and we also have Darnell Jackson, who we picked up in a trade this this summer, who's, who's played well in camp so far. So I think we're I think we're going into the season anyway, assuming everyone is healthy that. Uh, we, we should be much better at, at both ends of the court in the in the paint, you know, defensively because of Dallin Bear and then, you know, Cousins has the ability to, to you know, he can have a presence down there on the block offensively. So, I think I think that's all good. You know, Tyreek, as you mentioned, had a fabulous year, and you know, our plan here the last few years has been to try and build through the draft, develop our young players, and and then uh, you know keep our salaries down so that we can have some flexibility going forward. And, and uh, so far, draft picks have worked out pretty well. Yeah, you talk about the draft. Whenever I've seen you, I think you and Jerry West in the last 15, 20 years have been the best at this. Whenever I see you draft someone or sign someone, I think everyone else goes, uh-oh, why did we miss out on that person? What did, what did they see that we didn't see because you've had such success kind of finding those diamonds in the rough. Uh, some people thought before the draft last year, Tyreek Evans, should you take him? Should you take someone else? But he turned out to just be a phenomenal player for you. I think, what is he, the third player to go 25-5 and five in a season as a rookie? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he just really grew very quickly as the season started. And he's got great size and a great handle. And, um, again, he was only 19 years old when we drafted him and turned 20 last year. So uh, with one year of college. But last year was a terrific year all around for for point guards in general, and, and uh, I think there's you know, quite a number of players that, you know, along with Tyreek, that are going to be fun to watch in the league for a long time. But he has a lot of versatility. He can be a great defender, an excellent rebounder for, for his position. And uh, you know, like all your young guys, uh, you know, you're looking for growth and maturity. And, and uh, I mean, the sky, in, in many respects, is the limit for him. And, uh, you know, that that's one of the things about this season for us that, the experience of last season uh, hopefully will promote some growth with him and Omri Caspi and Dante Green that, that finally had a chance to play some as well last year. So it's uh, you know what it's it's going to be a good group and uh, we're, we're hoping for improvement and and uh, which means more wins and then we'll go from there. Yeah, 25 wins last year. I look at this off season. Jeff Boozer goes to Chicago. Amari goes to New York. A lot of movement in the league this off season. It took 50 wins to get into the playoffs last season. Evaluate the Western Conference for me. What do you think it's going to take to get into the playoffs this season? Well, that's, that's a hard number to pick. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, so many things can happen during the season, but I think it can certainly say that there's you know six or seven teams going in that uh, you know are, are going to be very, very good. I mean, the Lakers, obviously, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, who didn't make the playoffs last year. If y'all can come back and have a healthy season, that's a huge upgrade for them. Uh, Portland, obviously, if they if Greg Oden and and Prisbilla can can regain their health, I mean they're they're really good and really solid. Uh, Denver's a little bit of a question mark with the whole Anthony thing going on, but uh, you know what which way they go on that and what they do with their team. I think Oklahoma City is just going to do nothing but get better with uh, with Durant and and Westbrook in particular. They have two players there that. Uh, and they're going to have a long run of good teams now. And how good, I don't know. But 
Uh, I don't think last year was a fluke for them by any 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 uh, in any respect. So uh, it's a challenge, and I think the Clippers who are playing playing uh, the Blazers are you know with Griffin back, and, and I think they've done a, a pretty good job with with their team. Uh, they have a chance to be improved also. We're joined by Jeff Petrie. He's the president of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings, the original draft pick of the Portland Trailblazers. Jeff, your arena situation, it's been a topic of conversation for a few years now. I read recently that plans to build a new sports and entertainment complex on the Cal Expo site recently fell through. Arco Arena, it's one of the oldest arenas in the NBA. Where do you guys go from here with a venue? Do you just keep playing and hope to get something developed, or are you going to be more aggressive? What do you do? Well, I'm really not uh, in a position to talk too much about that since I don't really carry the laboring oar, so to speak. But, uh, I mean, it's clear that, that uh, I mean, ARCO is getting near the end of its useful life. And uh, and I think that not just the team, but the community and uh, needs a new facility, not just for Kings basketball games, but for all the other things that, that go on at, at a facility, uh, you know, high-class facility for concerts and shows and all the other events that add to, to community life. So, I mean, the only thing I think that, that, that can be done is to keep on working on it and trying to come up with new alternatives and new plans, and, uh, and hopefully at some point in the future something will happen. Just a few minutes left. You're the original Portland Trailblazer. You were drafted with the team's first pick. You were the 1971 Co-Rookie of the Year with Boston's Dave Callens. You scored 51 points in a game twice as a Trailblazer. How many players on the Kings know that you were pretty darn good on the basketball court? Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, such ancient history. I mean, it's before videotape for the most part. But uh, <laughs> So there's no record of the 51-point performances? Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, being part of those early years with Portland was, was just a great experience. Jeff, know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you, Brian. Good luck this season. All right, thank you. That's Jeff Petrie. He's the president of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings, the original Trailblazer, first player ever drafted by the Blazers. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. More of the show is coming up. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, we'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. 
The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are back, and I'm a big technology buff. I've got TiVo. I've got my iPhone 4. I like technology. So here's a story I kind of paid attention to this week. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, coaches are trying to reach out to their audiences more than ever before via social media, Twitter, Facebook, applications, things like that. And we've seen John Calipari at University of Kentucky, Pete Carroll with the Seattle Seahawks, and others build their audiences through social media. Well, this week, Coach Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of the Washington Huskies football program, released a Coach Sark app. You can follow him on all of his social media platforms, get it on iTunes, and here's the best part. All the proceeds for the $2.99 app Go to the Seattle Children's Hospital. Great cause. $2.99. Be on the inside of Steve Sarkeesian and the University of Washington football program with the benefits going to the Seattle Children's Hospital. I think that's great, Griggs. Yeah, awesome idea. I mean, I think this is going to blow up with other coaches because how many people want to know what the coaches are doing and what they're thinking? You, you don't hear that. You get the interviews after the games, but you don't really know what's going on every day. Great idea. Love it. That's the number one thing that fans want is they want inside access with coaches, with athletes. And if you can give them that kind of access through an app or through anything else, they're probably going to latch onto it. All right. A lot of thank yous on our show this week. Jeff Petrie, the president of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings. Paul Westhead, the head basketball coach at the University of Oregon for the women's team. Our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon and New School Media Coaching. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on the podcast page. You'll find the link to iTunes on the front page of our website. You can get our iTunes podcast downloaded to your iTunes every single week. Just click there. You'll also find the Facebook and Twitter icons on the homepage of our website. I'm at SB Radio on Twitter. I'm Brian Berger for Brian Griggs. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com 
www.thepatriotsocialcenter.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.